0: welcome to the stories from the revolution podcast i'm john white this is episode number 38 the revolution that we are talking about is the massive spiritual paradigm shift that is currently underway in the u.s and around the world and in these stories we are identifying key elements of this shift and inviting you to join in on the revolution in this episode I'll be talking specifically about the transformational power of gentle curiosity. In the Luke 10 community, that's what I'm a part of, we talk about two skill sets that are necessary for making disciples, mentoring and coaching. And Let me explain to you how we use these terms. First of all, mentoring. As we use this term, it means seeing people as buckets that need to be filled. So we mentor by telling and teaching. We impart needed information, biblical truth, relational principles, and so on. So again, people are buckets that need to be filled. In coaching, we see people as acorns that are filled with potential. As you know, every acorn, there is a whole oak tree waiting to begin growing. So we coach by using gentle curiosity, asking questions that matter, by educing, that word remember means to draw out, educing the grace that resides in each person, the potential that's there. And we coach by listening deeply to the answers to our questions. In the old paradigm of church, most of the emphasis has been on one form or another of mentoring. This takes place through teaching, whether in a group or one-on-one. So for instance, when I was in seminary, I had classes, a number of classes called homiletics, just kind of the science of preaching or teaching. Um, However, in seminary, there were no classes on the science of asking great questions or of listening deeply. Both mentoring and coaching are important and needed, but they are, we would contend, out of balance. In general, most of us are much better at mentoring, at teaching, at telling, at giving advice, pouring into people. We're better at that than we are at coaching, which is asking, drawing out, listening. So that's a skill that we particularly work on in Luke 10. Now, coaching as we're using this word, is built on the concept of prevenience. If you've been around Luke 10 for a while, you've heard that word before. The word prevenient simply means before. I was introduced to this transformational concept by Eugene Peterson. He's the guy that did the the message paraphrase of the Bible. And he said that God is always at work before I show up. He's always initiating things. So it's my job not to show up and try to make something happen. That's really the way that I was trained early on in my Christian life. Um, There were things that we need to make happen. But Peterson turned me around completely on that when I began to understand the concept of prevenience. So my job is to show up and ask God what he has already been doing before I got there. And is there some role that I'm to play in that? So prevenience is really at the heart of coaching. Tony Stoltzfus, in his excellent book, Leadership Coaching, explains more about this concept. Here's what he says, quote, God is the sovereign initiator of our growth. That is such a key concept. God is the sovereign initiator of our growth and my growth and your growth. He sets the agenda and motivates us to move forward through the real events in our lives. Change starts with God's action. That's prevenience. Therefore, a coach waits to see what God is doing in the person's life before engaging with it instead of trying to push a change agenda. Oh my goodness, how many discipleship programs are really based on the idea that it's my job to push an agenda with these people. So I start with telling, I start with mentoring rather than starting with with coaching and listening and finding out what God is up to. Um, Mentoring too often has led to sort of a cookie-cutter approach where everybody we're discipling has to go through exactly the same program. Stoltzfus goes on to say, transformation doesn't primarily come from classes, seminars, books, or large group ministry events, which he says are all informational. Probably the most important thing we'd put in that category would be the typical Sunday morning worship service. On any given Sunday morning, there are thousands, probably millions of people sitting passively in sanctuaries uh, across the country, listening to information. And what he's saying is that that's not really where transformation takes place. There's a place for it, but the other part, the coaching part, is much more important. So transformation doesn't come through informational events, but through significant relationships that influence us and pivotal experiences that we walk through. The power of coaching is that it leverages both of these key ingredients of transformation, engaging the unique life circumstances of the client or the person we're discipling within the context of a transparent growth-oriented relationship. Here's the key phrase. Transformation is experiential and relational. This is exactly what Jim Wilder has been telling us, uh, that all the brain research has indicated that uh, left-brain-oriented activities, and that's really what the church in the old paradigm has focused on, left-brain informational situations, Um, that that that's not where character change really takes place the transformation character transformation is a right brain and that's what coaching really centers on i was thinking you know that if if preaching changed lives america would be the most godly country in history because we really focus on preaching but in fact as we all know the u.s is increasingly becoming a post-christian country Isn't it time that we analyze that and we think about why that's true and what we need to do differently? Uh, Preaching is not a very good way to make disciples, which is what Jesus told us to be about. In Luke 10, the Luke 10 community, one of our values is to become radical attention payers. This is a skill to be developed. First of all, paying radical attention to the Lord and then to other people. Coaching is one of the ways that we do this. We make disciples by being gently curious in order to discover where God is at work in a person's life. Once you find that, once you find where God is initiating in a person's life, everything else is easy because that's the place where motivation resides. Using the gospel of knowledge and duty, that's the phrase that we used in our book, um, Joy Fueled, to try to create change, to try to motivate people in a particular direction is no longer necessary. In addition, it's not very effective. Because when you find the place that God is initiating, um, that's where motivation is. So I want you to know that coaching is a skill that can be learned. That's the encouraging thing. You're not necessarily born with this. One of the other books that's helped me with this, uh, written by Susan Scott, and it's called Fierce Conversations. I love that title. She doesn't mean fierce in the sense of angry, but, uh, but intentional. Um, asking, she, she says, asking questions that matter. And so I think it's possible to be both fierce and gentle at the same time. I, I wanna encourage you, if this is making sense to you, one of the steps you can make is to begin to make a list of great questions. Um, Where is that going to come from? Experimenting, trying different questions and see what results you get. Asking your friends, uh, what are questions that they've used that uh, are are really helpful in uh, helping people unpack what's going on in their lives? Um, Here's an example of a great question. Uh, What, as I'm talking to somebody, what is your sense of the growing edge of your relationship with Jesus right now? They may or may not be aware of that, but it's a great starting place. And if you ask that question, um, people will begin to think about that. In Church 101, we teach people how to connect on a heart level by using a very simple little tool that we call checking in with sachet, where people are um, checking in by sharing an emotion. Well, that's a great place to begin to be curious. and and so one of the ways you can do that is simply when you sense somebody sharing something that's important, <clears throat> is simply saying "Tell me more," or another. Here's a really profound question that's really difficult to ask. Simply asking "What else?" Um, there's one whole form of counseling where they simply encourage that as people are sharing about something that's going on in their life, something that's important, and they 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 come to the end of what they're sharing. Um, the person who's listening might simply say, what else? Often people have something else to share. They'll share that, come to the end of that, person can say, what else? And the person finds out that there's actually more that they have to say. Because most of us have never had somebody listen to us like that, where we felt like we had permission to say everything that we needed to share about a particular topic that they would keep asking what else until we would come to the place where we could say, you know, I think that's it. It's an amazing experience, incredibly rare, but incredibly powerful. Another element of coaching is learning to listen for key words. Um, As you practice this, your ears begin to perk up. Often they're words about emotion. Somebody will say, you know, I'm feeling really lonely or I was really scared or whatever. Um, Those are important. Important things to pay attention to, uh, to begin to invite people to say more about that. We encourage people to listen with your eyes as well as your ears. So you're paying attention to a person's posture, to their countenance, to their face. What are you seeing going on physically with them? That's an important part of listening. Also listening with your spirit as well as your physical ears. What is the Holy Spirit telling you? That's going on. So you're listening sort of externally, but also internally. Um, Another aspect of this is learning when mentoring is appropriate, um, telling, uh, and when coaching is is appropriate. Both are valuable. It's not one or the other, both are necessary. Within the Luke 10 community, we are especially committed to learning skills of coaching, of becoming great listeners. So every Church 101 group, and Church 101 is kind of the entry-level starting place with Luke 10. That's a five-week course, and that's where people start. Uh, And every group has a facilitator. The job of the facilitator who's been trained is to help the group learn to listen to each other as well as to the Lord. And then from Church 101, people can go on, if the Lord leads them, to join a leader team. And we're doing the same kinds of things there. We're developing the skill of learning to listen deeply to one another. And then there's another step after that, facilitator training, same kind of skills, learning to be radical attention payers. So that's what the skill of coaching is about. It's listening for God's prevenient work um, in the process of making disciples. This is part of the new paradigm for church. This is part of the revolution. And the good news is you can start practicing today. This is not, as I sometimes say, uh, a rocket surgery. Uh, it's, it's really pretty simple to learn how to do this. Uh, it's important to be a part of a community that's learning how to do it, but you can begin experimenting with this today. Just begin uh, experimenting with asking questions. See which questions really work. And ask questions uh, and be gently curious before you focus on giving advice or imparting information. Ask the coach, the Holy Spirit, to help you be gently curious. That's one of the ways to join the revolution that is underway. So I'm John White, and I am delighted to be on this journey with you today.